Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The following is a paid program. The views or claims made are not necessarily those of WILK staff, management, or sponsors. It's time for Laurie and Lynn. Local talk to start your weekend right. And now, Laurie and Lynn on WILK. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing today? Wonderful. How are you? I'm just fine. You should be having a wonderful time relaxing in the beaches and the sun and the warmth. Are you? I am. All of those. I mean, I haven't been on the beach, but um, I am um, in the warmth, uh, sometimes a little too warm. Oh. Uh, but. <laughs> But what a well, problem. You know what? Yeah. I, no, I don't like humidity. I don't mind the warmth. It's the humidity. And, you know, South Florida gets very, very sticky quickly. Um, yeah. But yesterday here, it was absolutely gorgeous. Um, but there's a lot going on. We decided to drive. Mm -hmm. And thank God my cousin is staying at my house for me, which always works when you have a house sitter. I used to have her stay when I had my doggies. And since I don't have doggies anymore, she stays for my house. So that's a good thing. And then we um, drove down. We left on Saturday and uh, drove right through, which was the first time I've ever been in a car for that long. <laughs> length of time and but it was it was great it was fine we drove uh we left about 1 30 on saturday and we drove right through um you know we had lunch dinner at natalie's mm -hmm. on friday night so we brought our leftovers and we stopped at a rest stop and ate the leftovers and then just kept on driving we, we stopped during the night about 4 30 and slept for about three hours at a rest stop because we just wanted to get there. And we did that, which was not the, m the most luxurious accommodations, but it worked. And then we drove the rest of the way. We went to Daytona and met um, Meyer's brother, and we met him and had dinner and spent the night there and then came, drove into Jupiter. So um, we are here, and it's great. It's great. We and, love it. And you're going to do a different ride home or the and same? And we're driving home. We hope to go to Savannah. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the next day, which happens to be Meyer's birthday, we will, be leave, we will drive to D.C. and have dinner with my son, Sean, and then leave the next day to drive home. So we're break, it takes about 18 hours to get here mm -hmm. by, by car. So we're breaking it up like kind of every six-ish um, hours you know, to Savannah and then from Savannah to D.C. And then maybe it'll be a little more from Savannah to D.C., maybe seven and then five to Scranton. And that's, that'll 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 do it. So we'll be we'll be good. That's good. And what plans do you have? Are you just going to veg out or you're going to go somewhere? Oh, yeah. Well, so far, that's exactly what we're doing. And okay. you know what? I, I said, as I said to you, I don't care if I don't do anything as long as I have no meetings and not I just it's. <laughs> You don't know, I, in all honesty, I don't know what to do with myself because I'm so used to always being on the fly that 
but I will tell you I'm taking full advantage of not having to do it. So That's it's good. It's it's very nice to just do what you want to do and chill out. So yeah, it's been good. That's good. That's good. Well, um what's going on in the community that you want us to know about? Anything? <laughs> Any events well, that are coming up? Well we yeah, we do have the, um, the Scranton Cultural Center is having its evening of fine food and wine coming up on the 29th of April, Sunday, and it's $100 a ticket, and you can still make a reservation uh, by calling the box office, which is 570-344-1111. They're having, that event is wonderful, and it's, um, you go through the whole, of, I know I've repeated, I've said this before, but it bears repeating. You, there's um, appetizers in the ballroom, and then you break up into five groups, all named after some type of wine, and then there's leaders for every group, and you go through five of the beautiful rooms in the cultural center, and entrees um, on a smaller level are prepared as, long, as well as a, a pairing of wine, and you go through the five different entree rooms, and then you end up in the ballroom for desserts, which there's about five to seven desserts. Uh, restaurants and about the same about seven um, appetizer restaurants in the ballroom and um, music Kenny McGraw is playing the piano for the cocktail hour during appetizers and Mark Montella um, and his I, I think it's actually mostly his um, you know the flim flam's favorite um, <laughs> the wannabes the wannabes, thank yeah. you, um, will play uh, during dessert. And it's a very, very, it's one of the largest fundraisers. It's a long-standing one. I think it's about 18 years old now, maybe more. And um, it's a great event. And tickets are selling well. But if you want to go, please feel free to contact the Cultural Center and get a ticket. It's a lot of fun. Of course, I lead the champagne group, of course. Oh. And um, that's the most fun group, if I must say. And of course. We have, a lot of, we have a lot of fun, and it's a great event. And what's nice about this one is it comes at the end of, you know, sometimes it's always late April. It's usually the last Sunday in April. And by that point, the weather is just sort of starting to break, and people just want to get out. And it's a spring night, and it just it's a beautiful, a beautiful time to be out, and it's a great event. So... Well, who's, that? who's the person that's involved with um, the wine selections? Is that someone who's a, a, a wine connoisseur in the area? No, no. They have wine. They have their, their wine reps who sometimes come with them. They decide each of the entrees, which would be the Radisson, Carmen's or the Radisson, um, the Hilton, uh, Fire and Ice, um, Posh, and the French Manor. And they all decide based on their chefs and their wine rep or their sommelier, they decide between all of them which is the best pairing, which whatever uh, entree they choose to prepare for for the evening. And so you get a little sampling. It's not a full meal. It's a little sampling of um, some type of an entree along with a pairing of wine. And it's up to each of the um, entree restaurants to decide which, what they want to bring. So, yeah, they okay. consult their own people. They don't consult with us. All right. Well, that's that's a good thing because then the chef, whoever is preparing it, uh, is on board with it. I've been to events where uh, whatever the restaurant was, um, they had a relationship with uh, a wine distributor. And they're the ones, the distributor is the one who would pick what the wines were that they wanted to sell. Uh-huh. And it didn't always work too well. There's a little bit yeah, of, nope. no, no, that doesn't work. Yeah, this works. 
That's good. Really well. <clears throat> and um, it, like I said, it's a fun event. And I just, not just because I'm involved and have been part of it for so many years, but it's just a fun fun night you hang out with your friends you go through the whole beautiful building and you're enjoying you know great food and great wine and it's it's a great night so that's available and um recall the mary lou quinlan who spoke for us at the society of irish dinner well she i think i told you it's now um um confirmed that um she will be coming in and doing her one woman show at the theater at north Yes, it's on. It's on the eighth um, uh, uh, Thursday night, the eighth of November, during National Hospice Month, and it will be to benefit Hospice of the Sacred Heart. And Mary Lou is coming and doing her show, so we are very, very excited. That's, and that's uh, been the God Box. Is that the one she's yes, doing? The God yeah. Box. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the beauty of it is, I have to read the book, but the, the the beauty of it is, and coming up for Mother's Day, which is kind of a nice thing, we have, we're just about to set the price, but the nice thing about it, and I can give you more information later, but the nice thing is that she said many mothers, daughters, grandmothers, aunts, people come because it is a story about the love of a daughter and her um, mother, and what her mother did is this Irish lady with the God box, and she performs it in a one-woman show, as you know, because mm-hmm. you've interviewed her on your podcast Lynn but she is a delight and high energy and very very um she's a great storyteller um as the Irish are I was just gonna say that (laughs) yeah it's it's in in our DNA I think Uh but we're looking we're really looking for it so we'll keep promoting that as the time as time goes on but again it's going to be November 8th and and it's nice to think about for a Mother's Day gift for a friend for anybody because the tickets will be very reasonable very very reasonable and it might be something you wanted to have a group of gals to come or you and your family or your siblings or your cousins it would be really neat because little that I know of it um, I'm already in love with it just based on what she did at the society and what I know about it from having talked to her so many times I'm really looking forward to it Mm -hmm. so um, that's going to happen on November 8th during National Hospice Month at the theater at North okay that's that's great yeah that's really wonderful we're happy about that I hope this time when she's here I have a chance to see her Um, well put it in your calendar uh, well what day of the week is it do you know Thursday night okay Well, I will make sure that I got that in there. Yeah, it'll yeah. be good. She's quite a performer. Sure. I really, um, I really enjoy her. She's just a wonderful person too. I mean, a really, yeah. really warm and um, adventurous person. I just, I so admire the fact that when she was somewhere in her fifties she decided to take up ballroom dancing yep and she performs all over the place with these spectacular costumes and shoes and she's so into it and i I just think it's great speaking of that it was so funny because i had told her when i met her that we had done a version of a fundraising um uh um piece for the scranton cultural center um that Deb Kaczynski and Jack Martin and I try produced for the Cultural Center to to raise funds, which we did, and so did the many dancers who um, who participated. Many who, including one of our dear friends, Miss Rosie Broderick. Um, she, we and it, I, I mean the list goes on. There were so many wonderful people: Megan Albert and Dr. Russ Stahl, and Jack Poole and 
uh, uh, so many people. Um, as a matter of fact, what I'd love to do one day is just re go over everybody who participated. And we just had so much fun with it. And I told her, I said, we did this, and it was huge. I mean, it raised a lot of money over 10 years at the center. And she said she did a version of it. They did a, a fundraiser for someone in Philadelphia that she participated in. But the funny thing was when I called her to give her two dates that we were looking at for her performance for the God Box, I, we gave her two Thursdays. And she said, oh, it has, it has to be the first one because I have a ballroom event on the next, the next one. <laughs> <laughs> I said, okay, well, priorities, priorities. So, anyway, yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, big, big dancer. Hmm. So, okay. then, yeah, so we're all, it's, we're looking forward to it. That sounds great. Well, I don't have anything much to report about what's going on here. Um, been pretty much quiet since, uh, since you left town. Since I left, it's quiet. That's a good thing. Yeah, I think it is. <laughs> it says a lot about too much longer when I'll be back. So. Oh, please. You know who is on I countdown. I on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. I know. Yes. Mm -hmm. I get it. So I that, get it. That's fine. I've been even calling my son Tommy on a daily daily basis, as calling him, and he's like, hello. I said, aren't you thrilled that I'm calling you every day? And he goes, yes, with a sarcastic <laughs> yes. Anyway. Well, I have some so, uh, some very dear friends coming to visit this weekend. I think I've uh, I've shared with you and with most of our listeners about uh, it was actually a year ago um, that uh, I guess it would be the daughter of this couple was yes. murdered yep. in um, in Florida in uh, I think it was Orlando and. Um, I don't remember exactly where it was, but in Florida. And uh, first anniversary of her death was last Sunday. So they are coming, um, her parents are coming to visit us this weekend. And we are really looking forward to seeing them because um, it's, it's, it's tough. You know, and I don't know how anybody can survive something like that. But especially knowing that it wasn't a disease or something where you had a chance to say goodbye or any closure to it this was literally a murder and uh, an innocent bystander kind of thing but in any event uh, I'm happy that we'll be able to visit with them and it'll be a fun time and something to remember so I want to do that and also do a shout out to my dear friend who will be with us this weekend as well and that'd be Joan Glover on the um, occasion of her I don't even know what birthday this is. She doesn't like to count, but it's... it's well, you're going to have to give her a good talking to. You know, I know. Everything we stand for. I know, but she's... There we go. Never, I mean, since she's been in her 30s, she's never liked acknowledging her birthday. And, okay. uh, well, I think she's changed her mind at this point because she doesn't... Well, she won't. She won't know because she won't hear this before we see her. Good. But we're having cakes and we're going to the Settlers Inn for dinner and they're going to do as oh, what they good. said, do something special. Good. So on that note, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. You're listening to The Laurie and Lynn Show. Here's Laurie and Lynn. We're back. You're listening to The Laurie and Lynn Show. My name is Lynn Evans. I am the Managing Director <laughs> of Women of Substance, which is a financial planning firm for the special needs of baby boomer women. I'm also the host of a, pod, a podcast called Power of the Purse. It's available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. 
And I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And we're live from Florida. So yes, we are live from Florida. I wish we were all live and from Florida. And wouldn't it be nice? Yeah, it'd be very nice. And that uh -huh. voice that voice belongs to Attorney Barbara O'Hara, who is with the law firm of Hughes, Nichols, and O'Hara. I got it right for the first time hey. ever. Congratulations. Thank you. And how many years have you been practicing? <laughs> I this is my 38th year. 38th year. Wow. Okay, so she knows her business. All right, so we're going to all kind of chime in here on a topic that I am fascinated by because I've seen so much of it in my own business and financial planning, and uh, it continues to happen, and I find it very interesting. We, we call it gray divorce, and there's a whole lot of other titles for this, but... This one, this topic was something that was written by a man named Joseph Coughlin, who's a contributor to uh, Forbes. And this one, he's, he calls it Gray Divorce and How Working in Retirement Might Just Save Your Marriage. So the story is that Alice and Henry were attending a retirement seminar for those in their 60s and 70s when the topic of divorce in later life came up. The facilitator revealed that it was most often the wife who asked for divorce after age 50. The women in the group started nodding in unison. Then laughter erupted when the discussion turned to why older women sour on their marriages. While infidelity and money were causes for some, boredom, or he bores me, was a major reason women decided to make the exit. As he, the guy who wrote this book, Joseph Coughlin, argues in his new book, The Longevity Economy, when thinking about the future of older age and retirement, the future is female. And many men may find out may find that out the hard way. The men began to understand that the joke was on them. When Henry standing a half step behind her, with Henry standing a half step behind her, Alice lamented that now he was retired, he was always around, a constant presence in the house. Quote, I married him for life, not for lunch, end quote, she said with a wry smile. Retirement is often envisioned as a life stage where a couple finally gets time together. The kids are gone, the work is done, now there's time for us. But that uninterrupted time together may not always be the reward that many assume as they plan for retirement. Since 1990, divorce rates for those over age 50 have doubled while declining across all other age groups. In fact, data indicates that since 1960, gray divorce in the United States has increased 700%. Likewise, in the United Kingdom, divorce after 50 has become so common that older divorcees have their own name, silver separators. <laughs> Japan has seen divorces in 30-plus years of marriage by four times in the last couple decades, garnering the name retired husband syndrome. And Henry stood quietly while Alice voiced her frustration with their retirement. Now that he wasn't working, Alice complained. He's always there, sitting on my couch. I have routines, and I got used to my quiet time when he was working. Now he's always looking at me for something to do. Empty nester syndrome has been blamed for many breaks in the United States, with the obligation of taking care of the kids removed. Some couples strain to remember why they had gotten together in the first place. They feel they don't have anything in common anymore. 
Canadian divorce data provides a little more color for why women in particular call it quits after 50 years old, according to Statistics Canada data. Many report that the relationship simply ran out of steam. The average American can look to about 20 healthy years of life after age 60, and for some people, many more years. With more couples anticipating the high probability of celebrating 50-plus years of marriage, there's a greater risk that one partner will be highly engaged in life while the other sits on the couch. Many strategies are recommended to keep an older marriage going in retirement. Improve communications, continuing to invest in your significant other, and not taking him or her for granted. Upping your game by remaining fit and maintaining your appearance, among other strategies, are a few ways to be both happy and together. To manage marital risk in retirement, some couples are taking the adage that a good marriage takes work to heart. They're learning that it may be work that contributes to keeping a marriage together through retirement. Zach is a part-time driver in the Fort Myers, Florida area. Retired from a banking job up north years ago, he started driving when he sensed his wife believed that golf was not a long enough game to keep me from taking <laughs> up space at home. Driving a few days a week gives Zach the chance to get out of the house, make a few bucks, and meet new people. He says the job gave me great stories about the people I meet to tell at home. Hank and Barbara live near the University of Nebraska. Hank says that what struck him most in his first few months of retirement was the lack of structure. At first, it was nice not to have to be somewhere first thing in the morning, but after a while, I got bored. There's only so much you can do around the house. Barb had always actively volunteered with their church and a few of the area's nonprofits. After a year or so of retirement, the couple decided to go all in. Together, they chose a few volunteer organizations that they felt strongly about and had many of their friends as members. Filling four days of their week with volunteer work enabled Hank and Barbara to be together, but not alone together. It was something they had not been able to do since they were raising children, Barbara said. We're doing something together that has real meaning. That's a very interesting take on how one couple couldn't take each other being together and separated. The other couple looked at it as work and decided they needed to find something they could both do together and enjoy. That's well, a healthy approach. I think so, too. It really and, is. And I was going to ask you, when, when you see mostly women, according to this, that come in and say they want a divorce after being married more than 25 or 30 years. Yeah. What and, do they say well, is the reason? Well, some of them will say, we were fine when I never saw him. And yeah. he was working and I was working and maybe you were even working separate shifts. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, you're together all the time. Yeah. And, you know, or she might be working a part-time job, comes home, and now he wants, he expects her to bring in the world. You know, okay, fine. Tell me everything that happened today. And that could be either gender. That's true. Of, of okay, fine. And now let's socialize through you. And mm -hmm. that could be very taxing because you could want to come home and just, and just turn it off instead of, okay, now I'll tell you about my day for the next two hours. I've had some women come in and say, we're together 24 hours a day. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> And you know, I, I've given some people advice of, okay, go out and work elsewhere or whatever. Get a life. 
And some, <laughs> sometimes you have people who, who say, I just can't take that much togetherness. Mm-hmm. And really, when you think about it, that's an awful big responsibility on, on that relationship of now you need to be everything for everybody. Yeah. And so I think it is a very healthy approach to say, okay, we're going to volunteer either separately or together and do something or work, work a part-time job or whatever, but do something separate or with other people. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, uh, I know from personal experience, you don't get on each other about you're doing this wrong if there's another couple there That's or if true. there's other people there. Yes. You know, then it's not just, oh, you did that wrong or, you know, here, let me do it. You, c- you can't do anything right. You know, that kind of mentality of... <laughs> of, you know, being critical of a spouse, you can do when it's just the two of you. Yeah. But um, if there's a group of eight or ten of you, or even four of you, maybe you don't get that kind of criticism. Maybe. So, and and maybe. Barb, you know what I would love, you know what I would love to know, I don't know if anybody's studied this, but based on some of the facts that Lynn just spoke of, the higher, the rate at this point and how many people are getting divorced after 25. I wonder what the correlation is between that and baby boomers. Actually, I I did read articles in anticipation of today and they said baby boomers because they expected so much more out of the relationship. Uh, It wasn't just the the, uh, fulfilling a role that it was in the 50s and 60s. Right. Right. The, when the baby boomers got married, I, I want you to be my soulmate. I want you to be my best friend. I want you to be the best husband or wife ever. Mm-hmm. I want you to be the best mother or father ever. And all these expe- expectations were raised so that, number one, what they fo- found out with the high rate of, of baby boomer divorces is that a lot of times it's not even their first marriage or first divorce. Mm-hmm. And what, what they're what they're seeing is maybe you had the short-term marriage that didn't work out and now the long-term marriage and you're saying i don't know if we're going to stay around forever yeah. but also there's another aspect that i'm hearing women as they come in and unfortunately as we get older and perhaps crankier um you, you do have no. that that element too <laughs> and maybe it's health related maybe it's attitude related but you do have that you know he or she is harder to live with and, you know, whether you call it set in your ways or whether they're just get, getting older and crankier, I, I am seeing women come in and say, I can't take him anymore. I can't take him doing A, B, or C. And, and I, he's bad now. I don't want to be the one caring for him when he gets older and sicker. <laughs> and although that doesn't sound nice. Yeah, it's true. It's, I think there, there's a real, a real uh, truth that, that rings to that of, uh, you know, it, it, being someone's caregiver is such a big obligation. And we expect that of a spouse, whether mm-hmm. right, rightfully or wrongfully, expecting it of a spouse. And then a lot of people looking ahead to, okay, we're 60 now or we're 70 now, and things are really only going to get rougher. And I am seeing women come into my practice saying, boy, I'm done. I'm done now and I want to get out before he really gets bad and then and then I'll look like a bad guy if I leave oh yeah you know what I'm seeing that too so you see the ones where there's just no juice left in the relationship you see where they stayed together through the kids and and said okay fine is this all there is to life and have reached a conclusion of you know I could 
I could do okay on my own. Yeah. And because I don't think there's that strong sense of I need an identity because a lot of women have maintained their own identity. Yeah. And unlike other other decades where it was someone's husband, someone's wife. Yes. And I see that in my mother, mm-hmm. very much identifying as I'm Jack's wife. Yes. Or somebody, someone's mother, someone's wife. And I don't think my mother would ever have contemplated this. N- never, oh, ever. no. No. But you see... Well- you see the baby boomers contemplating this because I think they've rem- remained a lot, a lot more autonomous than than any other generation before. All right, well, Laura, we're going to have to take a quick break here, um, and we will be right back. You are listening to the Laurie and Lynn Show. Here's Laurie and Lynn. Welcome back. My name is Lynn Evans. I am the. What am I? I'm the managing director. <laughs> I, have to forget. I forget. I'm the managing director of a financial planning firm called Women of Substance, LLC. It's designed around the special needs of baby boomer women. I'm also the host of a podcast called Power of the Purse, and that's um, available on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And we're live from Florida. Yes, Not really. Yes. Yes. Only. Of us are. <laughs> one of us. Yeah. One, one out of us. three. And, yes. and our guest today, too, yes. oh, okay. our guest today is uh, attorney Barbara O'Hara, who's been practicing law for 38 years, and maybe she'll get it right. And um, she's with the law firm of Hughes, Nichols, and O'Hara in Dunmore. So she's our guest expert who's said that she would stay with us for two segments today. Yay. So welcome, Barbara. Thank you. Thank you. And we were talking about gray divorce or silver divorce, which is divorce of people over 50. Yeah. And Laurie wanted to say a special... And I want to tell you, we have to give a big shout out, Barb, to a friend of ours, um, uh, Mr. Dan Roach. He, last week I was leaving and he was getting in the car and he said, how did you get in that car when you just went off the radio? This- uh, <laughs> hi, Dan. Said, it's magic. It's magic. Yep. So anyway, we'll give a big shout out to our friend Dan Roach. Okay. So, um, go ahead. So continuation of... Um, Great divorce. Yeah, and what and I've said this before, but I when I was a young kid working at Third National Bank, um, opening up accounts as a customer service representative, the women who would come in, older women, and I would say your name, please, and they would say Mrs. John Jones, or, mm-hmm. and it would it would I would say you no, know, your first name. I can't open this account that way. What is your name? Like I don't. I never. Lori. It frosted me then. No, no, no. It's my mother. Then. My mother used to say it. She was Mrs. John O'Hara. And if I said, no, you're Agnes, she would say, no, no, no. That means I'm divorced. Oh, And she would say, I'm Mrs. John, which means I'm married. And she was very proud of the fact that she was married to my dad, which is a wonderful thing. But it is a wonderful if it, thing, but my God. If somebody used her first name or said Mrs. Agnes, she said, oh, no, that makes me sound divorced, and I'm not <gasps> divorced. And it wow. was a thing of shame if you mm-hmm. used that. I know. If you I used think that. about that. Yeah. So about it. Years from that, ago it was, but it was bizarre. It's bizarre. Well, <laughs> it, it was a different time and different um, yes. people's absolutely. different absolutely. perceptions. Yeah, uh, my yeah, mom's ninety six and still feels that way. Okay, she and will still amazing. tell you. Her name is Mrs. Jack oh, O'Hara. Yes. Okay. Yes, and she and would like minute, things addressed that way. What? Wait, do we point this out? She may be Mrs. John O'Hara, but look at the daughter she raised. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. See. 
Uh, thank you. Yeah, go thank you. Barb. Yeah, yes. a woman who didn't even change her name to her husband. I know, and my father that. said that was one of the stupidest things I've ever done. I said, "But Dad, Why? I'm keeping your name," and he said, "But still, you're stupid." Oh. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, my dad Barbara, enjoyed as convention. Irish, as only an Irish father could get away with saying. But <laughs> yes, anyway. that's true. Yeah. That's true. Uh -huh. that's so funny. we were talking about gray divorce or silver divorce of divorce over the age of 50. And it is presenting new, um, new reasons for why people are getting divorced, but also new challenges. Yeah. And the reasons, you know, you see some people who the relationship is pretty well over or spent and other people who say, you know, I, we have different, you know, we want to retire different places. I've had people come in and say, he wants to, I want to stay here around the grandkids. He wants to go off to Florida. I guess we're going to divorce. And you know what, for whatever reason, people are doing that. I've also seen um, situations where there was a very strong religious reason why people would not divorce. Mm -hmm. And so they would just simply lead separate lives. Right. And like you just mentioned in that case, what would happen is the husband would go and live in Florida mm -hmm. because he wanted to. And the wife would stay somewhere around her grandchildren. And they would never go through the process of divorce because they, they didn't think that religiously they could do it. Yeah. But they also just felt comfortable doing that. And, and she would benefit from that because if they got a divorce she would really not have anything and neither would he but the way it worked out he paid the bills uh -huh. he took care of things and it worked so you know you have to look at that as an option too and what i've seen so many times is at that point of the gray divorce after 25 or 30 years of marriage the retirement assets have to get divided in half and who can live on half of that that's for some people right. that just it, doesn't work true it, it goes back even, to the even old. under the, your gray separation they're yes. maintaining two households yes so in some cases that's okay maybe the mortgage is paid off at the pa house probably maybe the florida one isn't that expensive and yeah you could afford to do that yeah but now if you're talking about okay we're going to get divorced and we're either selling the house or you're buying out each other's equity now it's a big deal yeah. because it is a separation of a financial partnership right and you know she might not be able to go out and get a mortgage for that i have listened to presentations where they talked about reverse mortgages and things like that which people could consider whether they mm -hmm. like them or not but it presents a whole new financial challenge it does it, because now you're looking at you know what is it will i have and you really don't want to be destitute in your later years either. I mean, so yeah. freedom, but at what price? Mm -hmm. So, Barb, do people agree to this kind of stuff very willingly and openly that they just separate and never divorce? I mean, are people agreeable? I I have had some people uh, agree to that where they didn't see a reason to get divorced. It wasn't like there was anybody waiting in the wings. Mm -hmm. Right. And right. maybe they maybe you draft up a separation agreement that says, okay, fine, you're going to do this and you know you stay in the the pennsylvania house and he stays in the the florida house and this is how much money you get or people do it without lawyers too yeah. and just oh, you yeah. know become mm -hmm. just evolves into that i was going to say that i have two couples that are living that way right now and uh it was interesting because I, they were couples but 
the in that instance where I mentioned the Pennsylvania house and the Florida house, the Florida house resident died. And so there, for the woman who lived in Pennsylvania, it was virtually a non-event. Because it's called they, a surviving spouse. Yes, I She's know. a widow now. Yes, but yeah. what I'm saying is it was okay for her to be that because her life had already been developed right. without him. Right. So it didn't really have that much of an impact on right. her life. It wasn't the emotional right. turmoil and the grief. It was more, okay, fine. Yeah. He's just not coming back. Right. Yeah. And that's how it works. And so that's the other issue that you have to look at. And, and you just brought it up. If you're a surviving widow, you have benefits that you may not have if you were a, a divorced a divorce. spouse. Yep. Uh, okay. But uh -huh. in your divorce, you need to look at what are the pension rights you're going to get and have done your qualified domestic relations order to make sure you get them. Social Security kicks in if your marriage is longer than 10 years. So you're not losing Social Security. Make sure your marriage is 10 years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if it's nine and a half, <laughs> you might want to. Uh, okay, and that's till the date of decree. So right. it's not till the date of separation. So from your date of the official marriage to your date of the decree has to be 10 years for you to collect under his Social Security. You can go on socialsecurity.gov mm -hmm. to see what percentage of his um, to see what your rights are. I mean, obviously you need to be old enough to collect under his. You need a marriage of 10 years. And also people who, who say, oh, I'm going to collect early. You want to evaluate those things of what's better for you to collect at the reduced amount at 62. Be mindful of the fact that they're now pushing the Social Security age of full retirement back. So I surprised a lady last night by saying to her, she said, I'll, I'll just get full retirement at 62. I said, no, you won't. And she's only 54. And I said, you want to go online, but my guess is you're probably 67. Well, boy, did I break her heart. I'll bet you and <laughs> people look at you like, what do you mean I have to work that long? Well, you can take a reduced amount. A lot of times it's not yeah. in your financial best interest to do that. Mm-hmm. So Barbara, if you can you collect if your husband is not yet in your divorce and you're able to collect if your husband has not started your ex-husband has not started to collect can you still do it you have to you know what every one of these uh, I either send people to the social security office or I go back to social, social security uh, it's socialsecurity.gov and look okay. at those rules because everybody's facts are different. And you right. look at, is she older than he is? I have right. some cases where the women are substantially younger. And you say, oh, you're not going to be able to collect for a real long time. And you have to be mindful of those things. Number one, yeah. don't, don't leap before you know what it is you can get. Okay? Because yeah. you don't want to be in a situation where... Um, where there's not enough financial assets to enjoy your new freedom. And I think also that um, there's so many myths out there that people create or listen to, you know, around a coffee table or wherever. Um, oh, yeah, you can do this and you can do that. And a lot of women will boldly go on and say, yes, I want to get a divorce because I know that I can collect whatever. No, you can't. They even can't come into that. my office telling me that. Yeah, I think and, it's interesting. <laughs> wow. And, and I'll say, wait a minute. How, how did you hear that? Well, 
I was getting my hair done. There you go. And, and I'm thinking, no, that's not a reliable source. You know, <laughs> it's a nice person to talk to. But find yes. out absolutely what it is you could get. Yeah. So it's a matter of going down to Social Security and finding out. Mm-hmm. Or go on their website and find out what the rules are. I mean, you really need... Uh, Knowledge is power, and you really need to be equipped for this and not look at this and say, I thought I could collect, and now I can't. Right. Well, you know what? Don't quit that job until you know what Mm -hmm. you're doing. And, uh, you know, I realize it's going to keep people employed longer, but so be it. What what can you do? Well, not a lot, but I I think that's the point that you you just clarified because you had someone come to you and say that is that people assume that they've got their ducks all lined up and they know that they can now do this financially you need to confirm the ducks you need to really confirm the ducks (laughs) exactly and and know what it is okay i'll have this much out of his pension uh you know maybe i'll work a part-time job i'll be able to get social security at this year Mm -hmm. you know at a particular year not uh, you know i'm just going to take a leap and and hope that everything works out well i don't know you got to be a planner and you have to plan for your own financial stability i was just thinking of a conversation i had recently with a woman who is not from here Uh, well she is from here originally but she doesn't live here and she was telling me that her soon-to-be ex um, believed that he was going to handle this by himself the divorce that they're going through because he was going to point to the judge the fact that she was going to inherit some money from her mother and therefore oh, and they don't even consider that <laughs> no and therefore he and didn't, need to, pay her, he didn't property. need to pay her any support right. and what people like think in their uh, head and what the law is are two different things yes so always always go out get good legal advice don't presume that <sighs> just because your husband told you something, and that's how he thinks the world is, according to him. Mm-hmm. It isn't necessarily how the, the courts will rule. Check what the what the law is. Run by the situation with with a good family law attorney, and don't say, "Well, I didn't think there was alimony in Pennsylvania. My husband told me there wasn't." Well, you know what? Of course, he, he may tell you that. Tell you that. Yes, yes. but yes. I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard my husband told me I can't go after his pension. I mm-hmm. said, mm. "Well, the the law is different." Mm-hmm. Oh, but that'll make him mad. And you say, "Well, oh my God, oh no. that that happens a couple times a week." Yikes. I could imagine. Well, so, on that note, Barbara, yes. we're going to have to call it a day here. And I say thank you so much for being here Always with us nice. for two Always nice talking sessions. To you. I love it. And tell everybody how they can reach you. I, I'm in Dunmore at 1421 East Drinker Street. My And my phone number is 570-344-7171. I practice in Lackawanna, Luzerne, Wayne, Susquehanna, and Wyoming. And Laurie, take us out, will you? Okay, Have fun in Florida, Laura. Thank you. And uh, big happy birthday to my love, Mr. Meyer Moskowitz. Yay. And, yes. And uh, we will see you guys real soon. So thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, be safe and please be nice. Take Bye. Care, Bye. Bye-bye. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.